0: Brad and Glenda Pius, thank you so much for sewing into Morning Drive Bible. Without your commitment and support, this initiative couldn't come to fruition. Good morning from Jerusalem. My name is David McCrutman. My name is Scott Kahn. And welcome to Morning Drive Bible. This has been quite a journey, David. It has been a journey, Scott. Start off with Esther and the Holy Spirit proving that access to classified information, an FBI unredacted file, is a function of the Holy Spirit. And then we understood the Holy Spirit as prophecy. And then we talked about... Knowing God's mind. And also the concept of a revolutionary idea that is actualized in sacred history. And that's a function of the Holy Spirit, of Ruch HaKodesh. So that was our podcast that gave a great summary About these concepts. I want to make a point, David,
1: which I think is important to indicate, which is that even though the book of Esther, having been written with Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, is part of the Bible, and even though this biblical book mandates our celebration of the holiday of Purim, and in fact predicts that it will never stop. Nonetheless, the holiday of Purim is not considered a biblical mitzvah, biblical commandment, because the only holidays that are considered biblically mandated are those that appear in the five books of Moses. And summarized in Leviticus 23. Those five primary holidays in the Bible are Rosh Hashanah, New Year, Yom Kippur,
0: Day of Atonement, Sukkot, the Feast of Tabernacles, Pesach, Passover and Shavuot, which is normally translated as Pentecost, but our translation should really be
1: weeks. The Feast of Weeks. The Feast of Weeks. And in addition to that, there are two other days mentioned in
0: the five books of Moses, Shabbat and Rosh Chodesh, New Month. Every month, which is either every 29 days or every 30 days, we begin a New Hebrew Month.
1: Those are our biblically mandated holidays. Purim is not that because it does not appear in the five books of Moses. Instead, it's considered a rabbinic holiday, despite appearing in the Bible.
0: There is a differentiation between a prophetic establishment of a holiday within the Book of Prophets, which is part of the Hebrew Bible. We call it in Hebrew Tanakh, Torah, five books of Moses. Nevi'im, which are the prophets, both minor and major prophets. And then we have the writings, the Ketuvim, which is Song of Songs, Lamentations, Esther, Ruth, Many other books as well. Correct.
1: So given the fact that Esther created this holiday called Purim, and Purim is a rabbinically mandated holiday, it brings us back to a question we asked a few weeks ago when we talked about how can we go and add something when the Torah itself says in Deuteronomy chapter 4 verse 2, do not add anything. And your answer has been, and you've demonstrated, the Holy Spirit approved this. And I'll say one more thing. That alone, David, would not be enough. That wouldn't do it. It's very nice that the Holy Spirit approved it, but there's a problem, because in Jewish tradition, we say that the Torah, the five books of Moses, are the holiest form of prophecy. They are of a higher level than the later books of the prophets and the writings. So even if the writings themselves were to theoretically contradict the Torah, the answer is the Torah wins. It's a higher form of prophecy, and therefore we can't have the prophets override something that's in the Torah. So there's something called within Jewish tradition hierarchy of Scripture. And in that case, hierarchy of Scripture would say that your argument about the Holy Spirit, Rocha Kodesh, mandating Esther and mandating Purim is very nice. How can it go against the words of God to Moses? And the answer is, it can't. There has to be something else, which I'd like to introduce. Oh, sure, Scott. Go right ahead. The Holy Spirit can only, so to speak, override something in the Torah if there's already a precedent in the Torah for that to take place. And therefore, Purim actually is not a violation of Torah, because the Torah itself shows us that there are times we celebrate even when God himself didn't mandate the celebration. Most obviously, perhaps, at the Song at the Sea, which by tradition took place on the seventh day of Passover. When the Jews crossed the sea and the Egyptians drowned, it then says, Az Yashir Moshe, Uvenei Yisrael. Then Moses and the children of Israel sang the Song at the Sea. How did they sing the Song at the Sea? God didn't command them to do so. Well, apparently they're allowed to do so. We see it in the Torah itself. Moved by the Holy Spirit in order to praise God for what just happened. That sets a precedent, which allows us to praise God at other points in our history where God has shown his his saving hand, and therefore Purim. It's not just that the Holy Spirit tells us to celebrate this; it's that the Holy Spirit does that in conjunction with the precedent already established in the Torah. Scott, that's a great revelation you're bringing to the table. You're today. Not the only person who can say something <laughs> interesting around here, David. Every once in a while, I got to show. Hey, I that... have competition here, guys. <laughs> Okay, so at least once in a while I can say something which can impress you. Uh, Scott, 90 you're my 90% of the time it's your job. You're but-
0: my partner, Scott. We're dealing with revelation as we engage in God's Word. This is what we are called to do, Scott. That's enough for this podcast,
1: don't you think? There's so much more to talk about. I guess we'll save more for the next time. But before anyone goes there, you know, David, I'm going to keep going. I've, I've got the mic. I'm not going to relinquish it. Before anyone goes, make sure to go to MorningDriveBible.com and also our Facebook page to get source sheets and the likes.
0: My name is David McRatman. My name is Scott Kahn. Blessings from Jerusalem.